Welcome, my love, to The Collective. The Collective is you, it is me, it is every woman. Raising the vibration of the fucking planet as we show up, step up, and serve the purpose we were put here for. My name is Taylor Ray. I am the queen of blending the woo with the work, and I'm going to show you how to do just that. I'm an entrepreneur, podcaster, speaker, and spiritual business mentor, and I help visionary women just like you build online businesses so they can have the impact they are here for and call in the abundance they are so worthy of. Get ready to become unapologetic, abundant, and aligned as fuck because the universe has put you here in divine timing and you're exactly where you're meant to be. Hello, my love, and welcome back to The Collective Podcast. If you are new here, welcome. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited to be sharing this interview with you today where I got to sit down with the beautiful Janae Rose, who you probably know better as Namaste Janae over on Instagram. She, honestly, that name suits her so much. She is such a beautiful soul, and speaking to her is both valuable and calming at the same time. She's incredibly authentic, shows up so much as herself and also just creates incredible value for her audience. She's really well known over on Instagram for creating viral content. She helps people to step into their power and their purpose. It's it's actually an amazing conversation speaking to Janae because we both do such similar work and I love to be able to just have this beautiful aligned conversation together where we just expanded on so many of our beliefs and our experiences that we've individually walked um, but in such an aligned way like such a similar journey to where we are in our businesses. And I love being able to touch on so many things inside of this conversation that we've done, that we've learned from, that we've experienced. And I'm really grateful to be able to share it with you inside of this episode. Janae is an online entrepreneur who's built a multiple six-figure business in under 14 months using Instagram. Inside of her signature program, The Boss Mastermind, she teaches online coaches to start and scale their own six-figure businesses as well. She's known to bridge the woo and the do to align business and life principles and is also the host of the Soulpreneur Show podcast. I love talking to Janae today where we discuss the importance of getting niche specific no matter how big your audience is. We talk about why shareable content is so crucial to growing an engaged following and we really redefine what viral content actually means and go through some of the steps to create your own. Janae actually follows zero people on Instagram which is so surprising and we really dive into why she does that even though she's so relationship centric focused on that platform. We talk about the importance of testing different strategies and why it creates amazing results and what she's actually tested herself, what worked, what didn't work and what she feels is really going to be the focus in 2020 and going forward. We discuss the importance of sales being all about trust and how to really build those authentic connections without coming across as spammy, which is something we all want to make sure that we are not doing when we are getting into the DMs and having those conversations and building those relationships with people online. So there is so much value inside of this episode and I'm really excited to share it with you. As always, as you are listening, please do make sure to screenshot your favorite parts of the episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and tag me at Official so that I know you are loving it and getting so much value out of the podcast. And if you love the podcast in general and you want to let me know, I would so appreciate if you could head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review and let me know what you think. So with all of that, said, let's get into the interview with Janae and make sure you've got your notepads ready or your brain switched on, ready to take some good mental notes because you are going to love it. Beautiful Janae, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us and coming into this space. I'm excited to have this conversation. Oh, Taylor, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be a good time. I feel very grateful to have you on. I've been following you for a really long time over on Instagram. We've been in circles over there and things like that. And it's just nice. I've followed you for ages. I've watched the involvement of your journey. I feel like you're such an expert in what you do and really excited to have you come on and share with our audience today. It's it's going to be good to get your take on a lot. Um, obviously, I want to dive into so many things around how you've expanded and pivoted and changed and really like honed in on your message and who you are. But I would love for you to introduce yourself and just to tell us a little bit about your journey and kind of how you've gotten to where it is that you are today. Absolutely. So first of all, thank you. It's so sweet. Um, so my journey, well, hi everyone. If you don't know who I am, my name is Janae, AKA Namaste Janae over on Insta. 
Um, and I am an online business mentor. So similar to you, I support women in building their own businesses, specifically in the coaching space. Um, and I started this journey really three years ago. I quit my job. I was working corporate for one of the biggest brands in the world, if not the biggest, Coca-Cola. Um, and I was doing business development and I was really ex excelling at the first job I ever, or the, uh, the last job I ever had. Um, prior to that, I was basically fired from every job I ever had. So it was this really interesting juxtaposition where I was finally somewhat air quotes excelling in a corporate job, but I was so unhappy, like deeply depressed and anxious, um, like really high functioning anxiety. And I, it just came to a point, it was seven days before my 27th birthday. And I just realized like, this is it, Janae, you're either going to kind of step up and commit to this life of pleasing other people forever and that's it and you're going to kind of wash away everything else or you're going to quit and you're going to figure it out um and that was the first step i ever made really to honor my own ideas and my own desires because you know as a kid and growing up you're told you can't be an entrepreneur what do you know you don't know enough uh you know x y and z limiting belief that everyone wants to put on you right yeah um, and then what does it teach you when you're fired from every job you've ever had? And it's like, it's not you, it's not us, it's you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's still this like really deep black mindset in me. Um, but I had found a passion for yoga, um, about a year into that job. And I had become a 500 hour registered yoga instructor. And I was really in love with that modality. And it really helped me heal a lot of things and gain confidence. And so when I quit that job, I started teaching yoga. Uh, and pretty quickly, I realized that teaching yoga and meditation in Los Angeles is not only a hustle, you don't make enough to live on, really, um, unless you're like full into the private uh, sphere. And so pretty quickly in that, I think it might have been six or eight months I had been teaching yoga and I was getting burnt out. It was no longer about my personal practice, my personal healing. It was now about supporting and serving others, which is amazing, right? But at a certain extent, you mm. lose that, that desire and that passion. Um, and so I'd been teaching yoga. I moved into teaching meditation as well. And I'd started showing up on Instagram and it was pretty new at the time. Like yoga online was not a thing yet. Um, and so when yoga really had its explosion, I was really lucky enough to be divine timing kind of near the forefront of that. Um, and being in Los Angeles, there was a lot of people in that community. Um, and so I found myself really lucky. I, I had this community that I had grown of maybe like 20,000 people um, who were interested in yoga and mindset. And I'd just been sharing and sharing and sharing. Um, and then one day I decided that, you know, it would be more effective for me to move into that space because I was getting brands reaching out to me and I was getting all these things. So I quit teaching yoga in real life and I moved specifically into the online sphere and I was quote unquote, again, air quotes, influencing for a little bit. I was, you know, doing posts for brands and I found it really, really unfulfilling, like deeply unfulfilling. Mm -hmm. um, and one day someone reached out to me and she said, you know, I'm struggling with these things and I'm looking for someone to help me and you teach all these tools and modalities and uh, can you help me? Can you teach me those? Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> right away, right away I went out, I got a life coaching certification. Um, and I mean, I had studied, right? I had like a, a nice repertoire, a toolbox, as we might call it, um, of different modalities that I could support someone with. And from there, it was kind of off to the races. I started talking about that I was taking on life coaching clients. And my first sale was like $99 for a 60-minute session. And I was like, this is crazy. This is amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She like Venmoed me. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Um, meanwhile, like my savings account is just plummeting because mm. familiar with rent in LA, you know, you're at like pretty much $2,000, um, for a room in any apartment. Mm. Uh, and so I had started promoting this and promoting this and I had about 50 one-on-one -on -one clients at one point. And then I found myself, whoa, I have too many clients. I'm really drained. I'm doing so many calls a day. How can I have a bigger impact? How can I work with multiple people at one time um, and have a higher ticket offering, right? And I didn't understand what this was at the time, but now looking back, I had that kind of just natural business sensibility. Um, and so I launched my first group program uh, in November of 2018. So mm -hmm. not that long ago, and that was a healing program. And in that, I think maybe I talked about it for two or three weeks and I made like $18,000. And I was like, light bulb. <laughs> yeah, holy, you know what? This is crazy. Um, and then I launched that a few times and the feedback I was getting was amazing. However, 
a lot of women were coming to me and I started noticing this pattern of people saying, I went through this course with you. It was amazing. But now I want to learn how to do what you do. How did you build an online community? How did you, you know, make this sale? How did you make this course, this program? Like, how did you do that? And so then that's really when the inspiration struck of pivoting again into a more business-minded approach to supporting life coaches and healers. And, you know, now it's, it's really a, a wide variety of people, but in the beginning, it was really women that wanted to become life coaches. Mm. Um, and then that sort of transformed into what is now the boss mastermind. So that's a little bit about my journey. It's amazing. It's so, it's amazing. Like hearing you talk about this and I'm like, you and I are like exactly the same soul in just two different bodies. Like it's crazy. <laughs> like same journey. Even you're like, oh yeah, 20, uh, 2018 November was when I first, but I'm like, oh my God, mom's like September 2018. Like, and it was teaching manifestation, like so similar. And I know that you talk about, you know, blending the woo and the do. And I often talk about how like my, the way I teach is to blend the woo with the work. Like it's so similar. And I love having you here and, and being able to share this because your message, the way that you show up, the way that you teach is so aligned with the way I do as well. And it's not to say that what we do is the right way. It's not our way or the highway, but it's so nice to be able to have this conversation and just to see the involvement of your brand and the involvement of the way that you show up and the people that you serve. And there's so much in there. And I really just want to backtrack just a little bit and how, you know, at a certain point in your career, you know, you're working at Coca-Cola and like a lot of people would be like, why would you leave something like that? I don't know if that was something that came up for you when I first jumped into online. I had a lot of voices in my world being like my mom in particular, who I love, adore. She supports me and everything. She really gets it now. But in the beginning, there were some hard conversations like, Taylor, please like go back to the nine to five, like get a super, like it's safe, it's safe. And now she's like, I'm very glad you didn't listen to me. <laughs> Thank goodness. But like, did you find that that was a very strong voice? Was that happening for you when you made that decision? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, every parent's dream is for their child to have a successful corporate career, right? And I had been, um, I had been promoted recently. And funny enough, in the corporate environment, when you leave sales and you go into more managerial, you're making less money, right? So then I was like, this is crazy. No. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the story I tell a lot is that, and this is verbatim, my parents were like, you are crazy. What are you doing? You're, are you crazy? This is crazy. You can't. You cannot. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was the first time I really kind of defied that advice because I was like, well, I listened to you up until this point, I'm 27, I'm approaching 30 and like, this is not working for me. Um, and then it was like, oh, you're going to quit teaching yoga now that you have, you know, booked classes, you're crazy. So it was always, it's like, you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy. And I've been told that pretty much. Uh, I would say consistently in my entire life because I always, you know, my first job out of college was at Dollar Shave Club. And they're like, what do you mean? We pay for this USC education, one of the most expensive schools in the world. And you're going to go work for a men's startup razor company. Keep in mind, this was four months before the viral video. So no yeah. one knew who they were. They weren't making any money. It was like just me and the CEO, Mike Dubin. And they were like, you're crazy. Yeah. So it was just this thing of like, okay, you have to start to listen to your intuition at some point. Um, and yeah, they, my parents still, I don't think they really get it. Like they think I'm a social media influencer, which is opposite of what I would call myself. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I always would say out of that, I would encourage people like, don't fear the pivot. Yeah. Don't fear it. Because if I had just stayed in like that one you know, direction, it wasn't fulfilling me. And the second something you're doing stops fulfilling you, it means you need to kind of pivot and move on to the next thing because you're not going to be effective. You won't have as much success. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've really learned to listen to. So mm -hmm. absolutely. Everyone's going to say that you're crazy. You can't do it. It doesn't make sense. It's so hard to be an entrepreneur. Um, and it's definitely not for the faint of heart, right? You have to be willing to like, listen to that feedback. You have to be okay with failing. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a quote that I absolutely love by Jim Meichner that says character consists of what you do on the third and fourth tries love and it, that's really, yeah it's really like that's the soul of an entrepreneur let's talk to that a little bit and like I said to you before we started I love just seeing where these conversations go and this was not the plan but I was talking with a friend of mine recently and we were talking about the conversation where she had had the conversation with you know people that she was working with where you know surely it can't just be consistency like surely it's got to be more than that like you know I've been at this for a couple of weeks now and nothing seems to be happening and feeling frustrated whereas and we were having the conversation we've been doing it for a long time now and not even as long as other people like we've been in it for a few years now and looking back it's like 
yeah, like it is a slog. And sometimes the conversation does get thrown around where it's like, oh, like, let it be easy. It's easy. It's easy. And so sometimes there's the, I believe the false impression that it's just going to be like, get in there, show up for 30 days and like six figures is going to drop into your account. And I would love for you <laughs> to speak on this because that quote to me sums it up perfectly. And it's like, you know, that tenacity side of things and that drive and putting in the work, like ultimately are building a business. And I think sometimes that is what gets forgotten. And I would love for you to speak to that. I love that you said that, you know, because we have to emphasize that. Like you're, if you really want to build a business that does take grit, right? Yeah, that does awesome. take this ability to like fall down a hundred times and say, I'm going to get right back up. Like nothing's going to stop me. Um, and there is, you're right. And this is part of, um, I think, an underlying kind of issue or um, misrepresentation of our industry is that yes, you can hire people to make it easier for you. However, they're not going to do the work for you. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm sure you tell your students this. I tell my students this. I'm like, don't expect me to do the work for you. I will answer every question. I will go above and beyond for you. I will make sure you're accountable and supported, but honey, I'm not doing the work for you. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you really, if the drive is in you and like your fire is burning in your belly with it, like you will be successful. Um, I use this word resiliency a lot. And I think it's mm -hmm. like you have to have that, understanding or at least willingness to know that you have to be resilient um, because you will get knocked down a hundred times. There will be people that want to refund. There will be people that don't buy from you and buy from someone else. That's just the nature of business. And I think a lot of it mm. is um, it's, it's the experience that helps you get there, right? Like I'm sure I used to get so triggered. I'd be like, what do you mean you're not going to buy from me? Like, no, that, what do you mean? I'm the best. Like, what are you talking about? Mm. Um, and now it's like you, you're, you get really detached from the sale. And I think that's when sales gets easy as well It's like yeah. really understanding, like, I want to help this person and the next person, the next person make the best decision for them and what's right for their business and their journey. It really has nothing to do with me. If they resonate with me, I can be the vehicle for them. Um, but, and like we can hold the container, but again, it really has to be like someone's choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So agree with that. And I think it's great for people to hear that no matter where they're at in their journey, but specifically if you're starting, because if you can tap into that when you are, because honestly, a lot of that comes with the confidence, with the practice, with the being knocked back a thousand times where, and I, similar to you, have a big sales background prior to this in corporate life before. And, you know, I was really taught like every no is like one step closer to a yes, like, you know, really <laughs> understanding all of that. And so a lot of the belief system and that, as I said, that comfort with it, the detachment, the idea around it's about them and like, are you a good fit for each other? And all of that, like that does come with time. But I think if you can sort of lean into that and be open to that earlier rather than later in the piece, then it does support you a lot. So I love that you spoke to that. And yeah, that, that idea of grit and resilience is absolutely everything. Like you are building something and it is about that long-term game. And how can you tap into that rather than being like, oh, I need like immediate results. And if I'm not getting them, like it's, and that is like you said, you know, it, it has definitely become um, something that you do see a lot. And obviously, you know, every industry goes through it where certain things become popular and more and more people come in because it might look easy from the outside. But I think, you know, having those open and those honest conversations. And I love what you said there. We're like, honey, I'm not going to do the work for you. Like it's the exact conversation I have with every person before I take them on. I'm like, this is co-collaborative. Like you need to come to the table. Like you need to do the work. It's not about it being done for you. It's about you asking the right questions. And then those that always get the best results are the ones that they want it the most. They have the drive. They're not afraid to, you know, go the extra mile in the work that they need to be doing for themselves. So love that you spoke to that. Um, I want to dive into your, you're really well known for your viral content on Instagram and it is, Instagram is definitely a topic. I get asked about it a lot and everybody's always got a million questions about Instagram. I would love to talk about that side of things with creating those viral posts, a lot of engagement, a lot of comments, like obviously a lot of things have changed over the last year or so where, you know, like likes got taken away in, in most areas. I know that some places haven't rolled out yet, but um, let's talk about that, like creating that engagement with your audience. How do you go about creating virality with the content that you're creating? Absolutely. So the first step, and this is the first step in any business, right? We look at Instagram, it's just a vehicle for your business. It's going to be the first point of sale is your content, right? So if you look at it from that perspective, it has to be niche specific. So it needs to be really, it has to resonate with your ideal client. 
with whoever that person is and their struggles and their desires, uh, their goals, what motivates them, what scares them, right? And what's going to trigger them to take action. And so a lot of times you see people really shying away from niching down. Um, and I would say it's the opposite of that when you're first starting. Um, you will see people who have a big following and they might not have a niche, but you can pretty much be guaranteed that they're not monetizing their audience and at least they're not monetizing as well as they could. So a story I'll give you is someone applied for one of my programs and she had almost a million followers, completely organic. She was still working a nine to five job, probably making like 50 grand a year, right? And I'm like, girl, you should be making 50 grand a month minimum with that many followers. She didn't know how to monetize it. She didn't know who her ideal client was, right? And she wasn't really willing to do that work, um, which is okay. But for anyone who's just starting out, the typical you know, new coach or entrepreneur has maybe 500 followers and you can have a, a beautiful income off of that. Um, and then you want to grow that based on really niche specific content, right? So thinking about who your ideal client is when you're creating, you're not creating for everybody because as you've heard before, if you create for everybody and you're talking to everybody, you're going to talk to nobody because it's not going to hit them with that. Oh my gosh. It's like, she's in my brain. Oh my gosh, this post is for me. I have to save it. I have to forward it to my friend. I have to comment. I have to DM this person and ask how I can work with them because they're inside my head. That's the reaction that you want. And that's actually going to make content go more viral. And when you think about viral content, a lot of people have this misconception that it means it has to get like a million likes. It's the opposite, right? Your, your content can go viral based on the size of your audience. So a viral content for someone with 500 followers might be a thousand likes. That could be totally viral. It might be 800 likes, right? And 50 comments, that could be viral. It might be 50 saves. And so you have to also look at it from kind of the, the playing field that you're at and not compare yourself to like someone who has 100,000 followers and who's getting, you know, thousands of likes. Um, and viral really just means it has between three to like 30% more engagement than one of your normal posts. That's really all it is. So when we kind of break it down and modulate it out like that, it seems a lot more attainable, which is what I like to do for people because it's pretty rare that you'll have a one post that you want to make viral and it like gets, you know, millions of likes. It's, I haven't, I've seen that maybe happen like maybe once or twice. Um, and it's because they, that piece of content got picked up by a bigger, a bigger page. They repost it and then people come back to you. Right. So the goal with viral content, we also want to look at the goal is that not only is it niche specific, but it's shareable because when you, when a post is shared, let's say I, you have a post and it gets shared it gets forwarded to 50 other people, right? And then maybe 10 of those people forward it to another person. Then you have exponential new eyes on that post, right? And so you allow, you allow the specificity of that content to get shared to people because people hang out in the same circles, right? Mm -hmm. So someone who might like that post, they're going to know someone else who might like it and someone else. And so that's what you're banging off of. You're letting other people do the work for you when you're creating viral content. So we want it to be niche specific and we want it to be shareable. Shareable is going to be something that's like a quote or it's a graphic, right? It's visually endearing and it allows someone to self-educate just by looking. And so those are really the main traits of a piece of viral content. And then of course you have like the deeper dive stuff of hashtags, what hashtags are you using? Are you tagging brands? Are you posting at the right time? And those are all things that require a lot of testing. There's no like one tried and true rule. Like I don't give my students hashtags, but I walk them through like hashtag theory and how the algorithm works with inside those hashtags. But like, that's something that you have to test because you could use the same hashtags as me and they won't work for you. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit about viral content that I think people can really take and implement right now. Yeah. Love that. And love the tangibility to it. So thank you very much. And I definitely want to dive a little bit more into hashtags, but I, I will just say, like, I love that you spoke to that where it's like, I could give you my hashtags, but they're not necessarily going to work for you. Whereas other people might go the other way because from a marketing perspective, it's, it works to be like, Oh, these are the hashtags that you should use. Whereas like, if you understand the theory behind it and how you can do that research for yourself, you're going to get those better results. So yeah, absolutely love that. And I did, I did definitely want to touch on, cause that is something that I've definitely seen with your account is a switch from it being um, very personal photo focused. Um, you looking to the camera, it would look more like a documentation of your life. Whereas now it has become a lot more about creating that type of content that's very informative it's very value driven it is graphic specific or there's quotes that people can share what did you find happened on your account when you started doing that so this is where a lot of people get surprised because the first quote and the first you know 
quote unquote viral content that I tried to develop totally bombed because my audience wasn't used to it. And so when you're, it's actually harder to grow an audience one way and then pivot another way. So if you're just starting, you actually have an advantage because Instagram algorithm really likes to promote new accounts. Mm -hmm. um, and you have the ability now to really figure out what works and what direction you want to go in and then just go the long haul with that. So I started, it was all, right. It was first, it was all yoga. So then switching from yoga to I'm selling a program, that was a hard shift. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, when I went more into the business side, I said, I'm really tired of like posting photos of me. I just, it wasn't like hitting my zone of genius anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and people knew who I was at that point. And so that's when I started veering off and I like made these intricate like posts that I thought were so pretty and they totally bombed. I mean like 10% of the normal engagement, right? <laughs> And that I learned, right? So you, that's where I say like being willing to see the feedback and take that and implement it's really important, but you can't give up. So I posted, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 different like quotes or, you know, different pieces of viral content that didn't work. They didn't work. And I just kept like refining and going back and refining and looking at the stats and kind of saying, okay, how can I make this simpler? How can I make this more value driven? How can I make it more effective? And then from there it became, oh, people like these more than they like seeing photos of me now. Right. And so it's always, it's like, it's this ebb and flow always. So like there will be a quote that I post now that bombs or, and then a photo I post of myself that does well. And then the opposite. And so you've that like level of detachment of like these mm -hmm these stats don't de determine my worthiness and it might just be that that time was off that day or it didn't resonate as well as something else. It's all good. It's all okay. It's all feedback. And so I really like to encourage people to take their emotions out of it because they get super attached to like, Oh my gosh, it only got one. Like I'm like, cool. One real human decided to comment on your post, go engage with that person. Like that's amazing. You know, like go build those relationships because I think what people don't realize is that it's a lot about relationship building, mm -hmm. um, even on Instagram, because the biggest question in people's minds is like, are you real? Are you who you say you are? Are your numbers real? Do you really know what the heck you're talking about? Or are you just copying someone else? And so you have to really stand in that authority of like, I'm legit. I can talk, you know, I can talk upside down and backwards about my programs and about what I do. Mm -hmm. And that will solidify to someone that like, I am who I say I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's like a breath of fresh air for anyone. You feel like you can kind of exhale. Like when you said that, where it's detached from it, don't take it personally. It's cool. Move on. It doesn't mean anything. It's not about your worthiness. I love that. Um, and I definitely do want to segue into the relationship building side of things. You know, it's one thing to be creating content that does get a lot of engagement, but then, you know, next steps from there without being that sleazy person, nobody wants to be that gal in the DMS, like, you know, just creeping her way in there. Like in order to build those authentic relationships and really come from that place of service, are there some steps that you would recommend that people could start taking in order to really forge proper connections and to really build their network up. Absolutely. I think the first thing we should talk about is what you don't want to do yeah. um, in order to avoid being that like weird person that continues showing up in someone's, DM, someone's DMs because how would you like it? Like the way that I look at it is when you step into someone's DMs or when you step into someone's uh, Instagram, like you're entering their world. This is their atmosphere and you want to be respectful of that. Um, and I think too often people are like, I just want to get the sale. I just want this person. I know I can help you like X, Y, and Z come to my free thing or download this thing. It's like so unattractive and it's really going to have people build walls up mm -hmm. and that can spread. And that energy, like energy is not bound by our four walls. Energy, you know, is transferred through that screen. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's also about like your, you're just being like, are you really caring? Are you really interested in learning about this person? Are you really interested in connecting with them? Or do you do just want that sale? You know, because either way that will be reflected to that person. They might not be able to put their finger on it, but they'll definitely make a decision based on it. Right. And they might not know why they're making that decision. They're like, hmm, I think this person got me, but I'm, something about the vibe isn't there. Mm. So you definitely want to be authentic. And all of you listening are probably amazing, wonderful humans. So let that shine, like let your personality shine. Um, don't do this like copy and paste thing, right? Like for a while it was like, I'm going to copy and paste the same comment on a bunch of different people's posts. Mm. Hello, we're, we're smart. You know, like we can see that. And when someone gets in my DMs and they invite me to a webinar or something like that, and then I don't respond and then they do it again, they got blocked. 
because like, I don't have time for you. Get out of here. You're in my DMs. No, like I'm not open to that spammy energy. Um, and so I think that's important too. It's like, you do not want to use these bots. You do not want to be the person spending like three hours a day on Instagram getting flagged because you're leaving too many fake comments. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the things you don't want to do. The things that you do want to do are figure out where your ideal client is hanging out, right? That might be in Facebook groups. That might be in specific hashtags that are niche specific. Um, and you want to go there and hang out and get seen. I always say like, give the engagement that you want to receive. Mm-hmm. So you want people to leave thoughtful comments, go leave thoughtful comments on people who might be an ideal client for you, right? Or go look at similar um, larger accounts and go see what people are resonating with and use that as inspiration. You don't like no copycats, but you know, use it for inspiration and then put it through your filter for your ideal client. Because like, let's say you and I had the exact same niche for some reason, right? And we had the exact same like messaging, but our personalities are different. So the way that we're gonna speak about the topics at hand are different. And that's what allows, even though we have the same niche, that's what allows someone to resonate with you or resonate with me. And mm-hmm. so it's not like a competition, right? It's about showing your personality. Yeah. And I think a lot of people forget that. It's like, you don't want to be this like stiff, only give value. Like I go to these pages and all they have is graphics. That's it. I'm like, who the hell are you? I don't know you. I'm not going to give you my money. I don't trust you. And we talk about transactions and we talk about sales. It's all about trust. Same thing with someone following you. They trust you. Right? They're like, mm, this girl, I can see who she is. I can see that she knows her stuff. And this is of interest to me. So I'm going to follow her and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Right? So I like it to be um, really a culmination of you, your value, your story. And then of course, like driving what you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, such a good answer. And I love the detail and I love the do's and the don'ts. I think that's great. Like make sure you're not doing these things and then replace it with this. So that's amazing. And that is something that I also wanted to speak about a little bit is the integration of your personality and your life and being able to allow people to still see you and know you and feel connected with you and trust you while still creating, like we were talking about before, the shareable content and things like that. And I feel like you do that incredibly well. And like we said, you know, that is something you used to do a lot of is showing you and your life and people felt really involved in that, but to still find some sort of, you know, for lack of a better word, balance there where it is, you know, you're still letting people see you and know you, but you're also establishing yourself as an authority in terms of the content that you are creating. How do you approach that? It's similar to when people fear niching down because they think it's going to like box them in to one specific person. It's the same thing when people feel like, well, I need this exact formula. How many photos of me do I need? How many posts of this do I need? How many graphics do I need? And we want to kind of like take that away because that really like methodic approach can take away that, that like natural connection. Um, and so like a find what works for you and B I'm always testing things. So you will go to my page and you might see some posts that have bombed recently and that's okay. Like I'm detached from that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's about testing. It's about, okay, I need to continue like having my finger on the pulse of what people are wanting, what people are craving, what they need and what still resonates for me. And so it's just this I like to use the word harmony. I try to just find harmony. I try to make sure that it feels good for me. Um, And I think that people kind of resonate with that too. And in the same regard, I always say like, you don't want to share things that are super uncomfortable for you. Like if you're going through something in your life and you're not confident in sharing it and speaking to it as an authority or as just the authority of your life, you don't have to share everything, right? Like I keep a lot of things kind of behind the scenes are private. And then I try to be vulnerable in other ways. Um, And so like, there's just no right or wrong. And I think that's just an important message because you have all these people like, this is the way it's like robot. I call it the robot coach. It's like, this is the only way, like you have to do it this way. And this, this, I'm like, no, no. Right. Like, yes, there are methods that work. (laughs) The exact process for authenticity. And you're like, Oh, it's a bit contradictory. Yeah. I'm like, find your message, find like where you feel like you can speak from the heart and from the mind. And I think that that really, just connects people to you. Um, and I always say like, if there's something, cause people ask me this a lot, like I'm going through something and I don't really want to share it, but I'm hiding now because I'm going through this. I say, well, like you can say, you know, Hey, I'm going through something right now. I'm not comfortable sharing it yet, but like, I want to kind of dive into X, mm-hmm. right? Like you're allowed to hold the stage and really hold those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we're, we all go through things. And I always like to say that if you, um, 
you don't want to share something that's super personal or that you're going through right now until you can feel really de-triggered. So if someone was to leave a nasty comment, disagreeing with you about it or telling you that you're a bad person for leaving your boyfriend or whatever the heck it is that you're going through, don't post about it yet. You know what I mean? Like wait until you're like in this place of, you know, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks because I know that I did the right thing for me. So kind of in that, like more, more, you're more healing through it. Yeah. I love that is such a good tip. I've never heard someone say that before. And mm-hmm. I actually had a conversation recently with my partner, James, about exactly this, you know, where, you know, you, you want to have this, this very strong relationship with your audience and you want to share everything, but removing the obligation around sharing if it doesn't feel comfortable. And it's like, you can still show up and share so many things, but we've also got to remember that Instagram or whatever platform you are choosing to show up on, like it is a snippet as well. And it doesn't make you inauthentic or sneaky or secretive. If there are some things that you are, personally going through that you're not comfortable to share just yet you don't even have to share them at any point if it doesn't feel good to you or if it doesn't feel aligned that's fine and I love I just love that you spoke to that because I've literally not heard anyone say that before and I think that it is really important it's like you you set the boundaries like you get to give yourself permission where and when you want to if it feels good do it if it doesn't there's no obligation so I think that that's a really really good tip um something I really wanted to speak about as well and ask you about is the fact that you follow zero people on Instagram and I'm interested in why yeah let's get into it um it was it was a personal decision so I was at this place recently maybe I had done it once before for like a month and then I kind of refollowed people and I was only maybe following 100 people but I was feeling my judgment getting really clouded um and I was feeling like I was getting too inspired and I was being influenced by other people and I was speaking to things that just like weren't necessarily my wheelhouse um, because that, and that this is easy to have happen to anyone, especially if you're like highly sensitive or you're an empath. Um, like I'm in Aries, I'm super, super sensitive. And so I was diluting my own voice. And that's when I realized that I was hiding my own power because I decided to refollow people because, you know, and then I was just getting distracted and I was scrolling. And then after an hour or two of getting caught in the Instagram matrix, I was now I'm like, okay, wait, I need to create for my community. And I was like, couldn't think of anything, right? I was just like ripping my hair out. And so I decided to unfollow everyone, which the algorithm doesn't really like. I've kind of, I've kind of think that that is like, cause they want everyone to be following everyone. They want the community. Um, but for me as a creator, it was really important and it's really helped. Um, and honestly, before I unfollowed everyone, everyone was muted. Mm. So I wasn't really seeing anyone's feed, but I was getting like in the trap of the explore page and the stories and all that. So yeah, it's a personal decision for me. It really, really works. Um, and it really plays to my strengths of like really needing my blinders on as a, a creator, mm. you know, cause I'm leading a community. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of energy. And if I'm not on my A game, it's, it's impossible. A hundred percent. I feel you so much on this. And again, it's a conversation I've had not that long ago around putting your blinkers on and just staying in your own lane. Because I found not that long ago that I was literally in that place where I was like, I have lost who I am because I'm so not necessarily like from the outset, it probably wouldn't have seemed like that. But internally I was doing exactly what you were doing where I was like, you just literally, I love exactly like Instagram matrix, like exactly that where you just, you're scrolling and you're looking and you're consuming from others. And then you sort of start to lose, like, what's my voice? Where do I stand? Like, what is it that I actually want to be creating? Because you are so clouded. And even though you think it is something you're like, wait a sec, like, where did I pull that from? Like, rather than tapping into you, your expertise, your intuition, you, you, you know? And so I think that that is really powerful. And you know, whether that's something that people want to go ahead and do or something similar, or even just, I spoke about this recently on an episode actually where, you know, if you are following people that are making you feel less than or making that you're looking at them because they're in your industry and you feel like you're doing it to get inspired, but then you come away feeling really anxious because, oh my gosh, well, I'm not doing that. And I haven't spoken about that. And I have to do this. Like it's okay to unfollow or to mute, you know, and to shift your focus either internally or elsewhere, but not feeling like, you know, you have to constantly be consuming all the time. And this obviously gets thrown around a lot, but like create over consume. And I think, um, I love that. I just love the honesty that's there where it's like, you know, this is what was going on for me. And that was the tactic that worked for me. Yeah. I think one other thing to remember as well is like, it's your space, right? Like how we talked about, if you're going into someone else's Instagram, that's their space in their world, you're cultivating what you're consuming. And so if you're feeling jealous or too inspired or comparing yourself to other people, I think comparison is a really big one that gets people. 
unfollow or like go through and do an audit and maybe you unfollow half the people and you just follow your real friends in real life, right? Like mm -hmm. there's, and I would also encourage you not to follow anyone who you feel like is a, you know, similar or direct, for lack of a better word, competitor mm -hmm. or someone who's really parallel to what you're doing because there's no way around it. You'll see what they're doing and feel like it's so great. And then some way, somehow it'll knock you off balance. Yeah. You compare. Yeah, exactly. That's really good advice. Um, obviously, you know, you're very good at testing and you've already spoken about it a couple of times and I had it down to speak to you about today. I love that you're good at testing and then you speak about the testing, like literally on your stories and you talk about the results and things like that. And I love that you've spoken to it today where it's like, it's okay to fuck it up. It's okay to make mistakes. You're going to try things They work. They won't work. Like it's either going to bomb or it's going to go great or it might just be a middle ground. Like who knows? Um, in your experience, what do you feel like was working in 2019 that's no longer working? What do you feel like working in 2020 and what do you see coming? Like what changes do you feel people should be aware of in order to sort of maybe be like a first mover in that sort of space? Mm, I think that I see a lot more of this, like, um, being socially aware of things that are going on in your community, um, speaking out about things that matter to you. Because what I've seen, I think in 2019 was like, we all wanted to like, be people pleasers and like, kind of tiptoe around anything hard or anything that was like opinionated. And I kind of feel like that time is over. And now people are like your opinion and your perception is what makes you great. It's what makes you unique. It's what makes you different. And again, it's what allows people to resonate with you. It's just like your friends in real life, right? You guys have things in common. You guys agree on certain things or you have those conversations. Um, and so it's the same way, like you want to bring that authenticity. I think just more than anything, it's authenticity, right? Like algorithm keeps changing. If you try to run and chase that, you're always going to be three steps behind. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, you just have to re be in this for the right reasons. Um, and then I've seen, yeah, I've just seen a lot of like so much change and I don't think it's going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I try not to focus too much on the technical things because we can get lost in it. Um, and I, what I encourage people to do is if you do have somewhat of a platform, go back and look at your insights and look at what worked right and like look at what your people want or pull your people and say like hey what are you guys into right now like these are things i've been talking about do you want more of this um to get that feedback as well because feedback is so important and if we're just like racking our brain like what do i do next mm. you're create you might be creating for you not necessarily your ideal client who's you know five ten steps behind you yes yeah that's a really important point and i think sometimes we can forget that too we forget where we've been and we forget what you know people needed at that stage so tapping back into that is really powerful and i love as well what you said around you know speaking out using your voice using your platform which obviously with everything that's been going on recently and speaking out and showing where you stand is so important and i think as well you know being okay with you know maybe it's outside of you know speaking to or educating your ideal client based on what your business is but it's more than that like you need to share your voice and your message using your platform that's why we have it and you know there are some things that aren't going to be in alignment with you know the product or service that you offer but recognizing that like that's not always the most important thing and how can you use your voice and stand up as well um i think super important so i love that you touched on that too um the last thing that i did want to ask you about is you know, something, obviously we've talked a lot about relationship building, um, being really authentic, networking, a lot of organic growth. I know that you've started to tap into paid advertising and I would love to have a, just a little conversation there around bringing paid ads in, which I'm all for. I do it in my business. I really encourage it. Um, and bringing that in from a place of still building really strong relationships and making sure that that is still coming from that really authentic place. Like how have you navigated that transition from totally organic and really having those conversations to now scaling out with paid advertising? Yeah. So I think with paid advertising, something that's important to remember is that like I was doing consistent $60,000 months before I ever looked to that. Um, and so it's because it's really expensive. It requires a lot of testing. You need to hire an expert. It's not something that I do myself. I have a team that does it with me, um, but I create all the content. So it's still all my voice. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, I've been posting consistently, even though I've pivoted for three years, yeah. right? So, so like my brand as Namaste Janae is there. Um, and now it's more about developing a personal brand. Um, and a lot of what I'm doing more so is utilizing that paid advertising to bring people into like a free webinar, right? Something that's really value packed that might have a call to action at the end, but it's not 
necessary, right? I'm not paying, doing an ad to have someone buy something. Um, and I've just really started, I would say I've started ads maybe like two and a half months ago, right in there two two and a half months ago. So it's still really new to me. So I'm definitely not an expert in it. Um, and I don't recommend it for most because your business needs to be at a point where like you can spend, you know, $5,000 a month. That's going to be your minimum because you're going to pay you know, someone to run it for $2,500 and then you want ad spend as well, which is another 2,500 and that's on the low end. Mm. Um, the people who I know who do ads are spending 10, 20, 30, 50, a hundred thousand dollars a month on ads. Right. So it's just a totally different playing field. And at first I really didn't like it and I was really against it. And I was really battling this place in myself because it was, um, it was a strategy of my mentor. Um, and he's like, this is how we're going to get you to the next level and all of these things. Um, and I was like, okay, well, we'll try it. And I kept turning the ads off and I would like get upset. And like, I was like, I don't like this. This isn't me. Like it feels so wrong. Um, and I had to really walk through that process of it's not wrong. Like what you've already built such an amazing community. Now, really what I do is I direct a lot of like, it's called warm targeting. So it's already people in my community, already people who've been to my site, already people who've listened to my podcast, already people who've seen my Instagram and reminding them that I'm there. Right? And that doesn't have like a one-to-one -one equation. Like I'm spending $1 and I'm making a dollar back. So that's really why I emphasize like you need to be at a place in your business where you can afford that expenditure because it's freaking expensive um, and it doesn't always work and it requires so much testing. Like it's crazy. Um, and yeah, it took me, I, I went through like a growth experience with this in the last couple of months of like, you have to be okay with those things. Um, and I was like, are people going to see me as inauthentic? Are they going to judge me for it? Because I only teach organic strategies to my students. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had to come to this conclusion of like, no, I'm, I'm an expert in organic. Like I built this all organically. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know how to teach that and I know how to teach it well. Um, and it's something I'm passionate about because we have students with, you know, I've had students with like 300 followers make 10,000 month because you know, if you know how to work it, you know how to work it again and again and again. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's important while we're having this conversation, like play at the playing field you're at, like shoot for the stars. Yes. But like, remember that it's stepping stones and like, you're walking up a flight of stairs and like each step gets you to that next stage. Um, and it's probably not something I'll do forever, but you know, if you look at, um, any of these like really large, like Marie Forleo, Sunny Leonard Doozy, like they've all used paid advertising and I, I we could name a million people. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, it, it, most of them, they had that like investment ready and willing to spend. So mm. it's a new journey. Honestly, it's just a new chapter that I'm like exploring in my mm. business. And it's exciting. And so exciting. And I, I like to bring it up and I like to speak about it because it's something I'm super passionate about. I do love that side of things and I encourage my students to use it. And it's so funny to have this conversation and to see the different sides of it as well, because, you know, I've on the other end of the spectrum had clients use it as little as $5 a day and then it's just on a very low level, but that's getting them to have like conversations, but still the, the conversations are organic. So then they're having those conversations off the back of something that was a paid advertisement, but then they're having the conversations that gets them on the call that then gets them the totally. coin. So it's super interesting to, to see the two different sides of the coin and also like so true as well. Like, you know, the more that you can spend, obviously with the testing and everything, the bigger the results, but I just like to have the conversation and open it up because like you said, I think a lot of people go in with the belief, you know, which we've all dealt with it at some point like you said you have I've definitely dealt with it in the beginning of my journey as well with ads where you know that fear around it is it authentic all those sort of things but I'm such a believer that it's helping to amplify your message and putting it in front of the people who need to see it and I'm always so big on the fact that like no one is you know making them click like you it still comes down to you using your voice like you said your copy and that's what's resonating with them and if you have the resources there whether it's five dollars a day or five thousand dollars a month to be able to help that get out there go for it. Like, I think like I'm really, really behind it. And, um, what I love that you said as well is the importance of, um, that you have, you know, put the legwork in and you have created the content and you've really built your identity on your platform. And I think that that's an important piece as well as it's not, it's not a band aid either where you've never done any of that ever. And you're just like, okay, cool. Like as it is like, but then people go to your actual page from the ad and they're like, where are you? Who are you? You know? So then that seems inauthentic as well. So making sure that it's not just like, Oh, if I have ads and nothing else, that'll be fine. It's like, you still need to build up, you know, your personality, your identity online to back up what you are doing with ads. So I just love that as well. That was really good. 
Um, cool. Honestly, hon, I could keep going forever and ever and ever. This has been a beautiful conversation, but I would like to ask one final question. If there is something on your heart that you feel called to share with the audience, just to leave them with, what would it be? I think that if building an online business and serving others with your gifts and chasing this dream is like that it's just in you and you know that no matter how long you push it off, it'll be something that you always want to do go do it. You can make it happen because you will be successful at the end of the day. And it might take five days. It might take five months. It might take five years and the journey's perfect for you. Um, and yeah, I think that like we're, there's never been a better time to be a female entrepreneur online. Never, 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 ever, 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 ever. Right. With COVID-19, everyone was like, no one's going to buy anything. And I had like my best month ever. I'm like, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> right. Like just, it's not true. It's just simply not true. Now more than ever, people are willing to self-educate. They understand we're in this whole like investing in yourself era. And we're all at the forefront of that. And truly, I would tell you that right now, Online coaching, it's so tiny, but we're in this space. So we think it's so big. But if you go to someone outside who isn't really active online, they don't know what an online coach is, right? Mm -hmm. People still don't even know what a life coach is. And so there's so much room um, to own part of this. And we're all building this together. So remember that, like next time you look at another coach as your competitor, remind yourself, like that's your sister. We're all in this thing together. And like, we're building something. And I guarantee you in the next two years, everyone's going to know what an online coach is and you can either kind of wait for that point to get in then when you feel like it's super saturated um, yeah. or you can, you can dive in and like see what happens and take it at your own pace. And to the last bit of that, I believe saturation is a lie because out of saturation comes evolution and there's always room for everyone. Goosebumps. I got chills on that last bit. That was good. Oh my gosh. Thank you, hun. And I'm glad to literally be a sister with you at the table. And like you said, there's room for all of us. Like, and you know, if, like you said, if you feel cold, jump in now. Don't wait till it feels safe. You'll never feel ready. So I feel like that is a beautiful, beautiful place to end. Thank you. I know there's going to be a lot that will want to connect with you off the back of this. So could you please share with them where they can find you and hang out online? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm on Instagram every day at Namaste Janae. I'm sure we'll link it below because that can be some tough spelling for everyone. <laughs> yes, it will be. In the <laughs> um, uh, you can listen to my podcast over at The Soulpreneur Show, S-O-U-L-Preneur. And you can find me yeah, online everywhere at Namaste Janae. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your light. You're amazing. Thank you, love. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with me in today's episode. Because you're a part of the collective, I know you're a visionary woman ready for more. And I'm here to remind you that the world needs your light. If you love this episode or know somebody who would, please share it to your IG stories and tag me at Tayray Official. And if you want to show some love for the podcast, please head on over and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss all of the magic coming here soon. For more support, check out the episode show notes, my courses, services, and digital products by heading over to taylorray.com.au. Big love, babe. And until then, go and shine that beautiful light. The world is waiting for you. Thank you.